Focus. Focus up. All right. Welcome. My name is Chris Rubio, and along with Nick Monahan, we have a phenomenal show for you today. Today, we're going to talk about social media, cows, seafood, being stubborn, comedy, and grammar. All of that and much, much more on The Rubio Method. Big T, let it rain. Focus. Focus up. All right, one of these times, Monahan, I'm going to get through that entire se- the intro segment of me saying focus and focus up without breaking character. I do it because everyone always thinks of me originally as, oh, this big, angry, strange guy. And I may be big and strange, but I'm not usually an angry person. So the whole focus, focus, I, I, I just can't do it without breaking character. At some point, Monahan, I'm going to do it. Let's roll into website questions that we received. Remember, you can email us at rubio at therubiomethod.com or just go to therubiomethod.com website and there's a little link right there. You can submit your questions. You guys have been doing a great, great job. For some reason, a lot of them are on food, but I'm okay with that. Monahan, let's see what we got. Yes, absolutely. Perfect. Number one, uh, we got this one's from, it's an anonymous one from North Carolina. It says, hey guys, I'm super into social media and pretty much addicted to Twitter in general. I hate me too. Um, I honestly think it's bringing me down and putting me in a bad mood. Any advice? Monahan, I'm going to go start with this one. And number one, your accent was beautiful right there when you said down. I can't even do it. It was so thick. But I, you know, you know, I love the accent. Keep it going. Um, super addicted to social media. Brings you down. I, I understand this completely. I, I'm running you know, a TikTok, an Instagram, a Snapchat, a LinkedIn, a YouTube, a Facebook, and Twitter as well. So I understand how overwhelming it is. My bit of advice would be take some time off. As much as it hurts to do it, just take some time off. And that initial, let's say, couple hours to 12 hours, it's going to feel like you're jonesing for something. You know, it's like a person who immediately gets the cigarette and goes, Nicorette patch, thing like that. But it's one of those things. If you can break out of that 12-hour bubble, all of a sudden 13th hour, 14th hour, 15th hour, 16th hour, and so on, becomes a little bit easier and easier and easier. And when I take breaks from social media on the weekends or, you know, if I'm wherever I'm at on vacation or things like that, it becomes almost something off your chest. And then you can realize when you do log back into social media, the world kept going without you. And it's one of those things, it will keep spinning. There will keep having some great things happening in the world and some terrible things, but guess what? It keeps on rolling. Monahan, what, what is your bit of advice on that one? Dude, that is fantastic advice. You know, it is so important to take care of your, your mentals by hopping off, getting out of the rat race, and the other thing that I would say is, dude, I am so guilty of this, is hopping in the comment section and just seeing what others are saying. Hey, get out of this comment section. Nothing good there. <laughs> so that's what I would say to uh, Ruby. You nail it on the head. Take those breaks. Uh, like you said, go outside. There's fresh air. It's wonderful. <laughs> Take the breaks. So good. All right. Question number two. Mike from Texas. He says, Rubio, I've noticed that you're always moving around a bit and adjusting your neck or back. What's the deal? Okay. Yes. As you notice, I'm always kind of fidgeting, cracking my neck, cracking my back. Uh, This goes back to having some 
quite uh, some big back issues back in the day, no pun intended. Uh, it, it, a real quick story on it. My redshirt junior year, maybe, yeah, redshirt junior year? I think it was a long time ago. Um, we were doing this drill at UCLA off-season conditioning, and I'd been having some issues with my back, but you know, you're 20, 21, you're pretty much a moron at that level of life. You don't realize things. Like I would step down with my left leg, and I couldn't feel a step, and I thought, oh, this is, this is what happens when you get old at 20 or 21. Not a big deal. Or I'd turn a certain way, and I'd get like basically electricity going from my neck slash back slash to my toes. And eh, what are you going to do? You're playing football at UCLA, and you're 20 years old. Body's just deteriorating. It's the end of the world. But didn't really think much of it because it was young and dumb. So one day we're doing this drill where we basically had to run from one end zone all the way up, you know, what is it, 120 yards, all the way across, you know, 50, 70, 60 yards, whatever it is, and come straight back. And you had to be under a certain time. I was always a bigger human being, so I usually went with alignment. And I want to say it was probably 65, 70 seconds. I have no idea. I blocked it out because I hated that drill. And so I'm running, running, running one time, and I get about to where I'm making that first turn going around, and all of a sudden, <clears throat> I feel like someone shot me and we had this parking structure that looked down on our practice field. And we used to always joke if someone tripped, Oh, the sniper got you and boom. And I was like the, the scene in dances with the wolves when the Buffalo gets shot with the arrow and it's like, boom, 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 boom. So we're looking at like 280 pounds of love just gets fall and just boom, 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 boom. And, and I'm down on the ground and the trainers run over and I go, like, what's the matter, Ruby? What's the matter? I said, I, Something's wrong with my back. I have no idea. Something's just not good, man. Something's not good. So they eventually get me up. They go in, blah, blah, blah. And the funny thing is, the day before, I remember we had a physical, and I was 6'3 three and 3 quarters. We had to measure me again as I go to the doctor for this back issue. I was six one and a half. And I, ooh, that's not a good start. And so they said, you need to get an MRI, man. We need to see what's going on. So I'm a big man, and I've always been a very wide human being. So I'm a little bit wider than I am just big. I'm just broad shoulder, big chest, big barrel chest. So I go to get an MRI. And if you've ever had an MRI, it's a nightmare. It's the worst experience of your life. They stick you in this tube, and it's hot. And so I'm going in like this. You, get, you put your arms like this. And... I'm going, 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 going. And the lady says, by the way, when you get in, don't open your eyes. Just keep your eyes closed. Go, sure, no problem. So I'm going, 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 going like this. And all of a sudden, bop, bop, bop. I can't fit. And I go, I go well, what's happening? She goes, she, she goes, you need to slim down. I go, what do you want me to do? Jazzercise right now? There's literally nothing I can do. She says, you got to slim down, man. I go, oh. she, and I go, I don't know what you want me to do talking to the nurse, I'm like basically yelling at each other. She goes, and this is what, this was really sad. She goes, either you got to slim down, man, or we got to take you to the vet to get, get the MRI that the cows use. And I said, hey, we're not doing that. That's just humiliating. So I had to go with my hands above my head and go all the way in a tube for about 30 minutes or whatever it is. And of course, I'm young and stupid. What's the first thing that I do when I get in there? Open my eyes. And I'm, I, at that point, I'm claustrophobic. I can't breathe. I'm losing my mind. She's like, Rubio, do not move her. We have to start over. So somehow she's like literally holding my hand, caressing me like, oh, you're going to be okay, kid. And finally got out of there. Bottom line, why am I twitching and moving all the time? Because my back hurts. And if I do anything for one time, whether it's standing or sitting, it kind of messes me up. So there's your answer, uh, Mike from Texas. That was a fantastic <laughs> answer. <laughs> dude, I, if anybody, uh, listeners have never done it, dude, that, you're right. That piece is right in your face. It's terrible. Oh, God. Nightmare. 
terrible. Perfect. Great answer, Rubio. Number three, number three. My husband is as <laughs> sorry, my hub <laughs> I laugh because I see what's next. My husband is a stubborn ass that won't listen to your show and I really want him to. Any thoughts on how you can get him to do so? Anonymous from Montana. Rubio, I'm gonna hop right in on the first part here. Hey, you just got to tell them it's two knuckleheads hanging out, and we've got some pretty funny stories. And just tell them to give it a listen. Uh, you know, you got some guy with a northern accent over here, um, and, and you got Rubio, who's hands down one of the best storytellers I've ever met. So just tell them it's going to be like two, two guys hanging out, listening to a story, and, you know, you might get something out of it, but you won't even know that you're getting some out of it. Monahan, I'm going to go the exact opposite. Because I know being married, and you'll learn this because you've only been married about a year, year and a half, that if, if I tell my wife to do something or if she tells me to do something, it's almost like a challenge. Like, oh, you, you want me to do it? Well, now I'm not going to do it. So what I would do is I'd put it on in the background. Say he's getting into your car. You have, you're playing it on Spotify. Remember, you could listen to us on Spotify, Google, Amazon, YouTube, and more coming. I would put it on background like he just happens to get in the car, you're going to the deli to get a sandwich, do what you got to do, and then he just happens to hear these two bozos talking about something. And, you know, maybe you're making dinner, you're, you're reading a magazine, you're watching TV, you're doing whatever, and you just happen to have it on in the background where he just kind of hears our stories and like, what, what are these two doing? I kind of want to see what they're, what's going on. That's how I would do it. I'd be more subliminal. And, subliminal? Subliminal? That's the word. Subliminal and show him and then let him say, hey, have you heard about these two bozos, the, the dark one and the lighter one? Let, let's talk about them for a little bit. That's what I would do, Monahan. You have, that's all me. I love it. That's a great answer. Great answer. Perfect. Last one. Man, I love these questions. They're so much fun. Leanne from Colorado. Hey, shout out Colorado. Um, she asks, hey, Rubio Monahan, what's your favorite seafood? Um, and again, I'm going to hop into that one real quick. Guys, I love sushi. It is literally one of my favorite meals ever. So I'll take it any way I can get it. Uh, I just, I, raw, raw is the answer. <laughs> okay. Monahan, I, I, I got a, a two-part answer here. Number one, big fan of seafood. Number two, actually, it's a three-part. Number two, not a fan of it because you don't get enough. What I mean is it's very expensive. I'm very, very cheap with myself. And I, if I'm going to eat, I, I like to just literally like buy the pounds of food. So I'll ask waiters or waitresses, just I'm going to give you two items. Just tell me which one's bigger. I don't even care the taste. So that's the, my issues with seafood. Love it all. Have I ever told you my shrimp story, Monahan? I'm, I'm going to end with this one. If you've never heard it, I'm, I'm telling it anyway. Or if you have heard it, I'm telling you anyway. So I'm a fresh, yeah, red, red, freshman or redshirt freshman in college a long time ago. And I get invited to brunch at my with my cousin and his girlfriend, who's his wife now at the time. And the, I go to brunch. And I grew up, you know, middle class, maybe a little bit lower than that. Never, I, I don't even think I ever heard of the word brunch. And there's like, it's breakfast, lunch. Oh, great. Little, nice little combo play on words there. So be it. And we go there and they have, you know, the ice tower and the, you know, the little rabbit pellet ice with all this. And they've got shrimp. And I mean, literally a tower of shrimp. And this one, I... I I'm telling you right now, this is the first time I'd ever seen or eaten shrimp. And I knew that shrimp was kind of this very chic thing. So immediately, I'm, I'm loading up shrimp, loading up shrimp, loading up shrimp. And I start to taste it. You know, it's got the cocktail sauce. I'm just devouring it. I'm a, I'm a large kid at this point. I'm 18, 19, probably 250, right around there. Two, no, actually more than that. 
Who am I kidding? Robbie 285, 290. And I'm just throwing it down. I mean, literally not 10s, 20s, 30s, 40s, 50 pieces of shrimp, whole shrimp. All of a sudden, my uh, cousin's girlfriend looks at me and goes, Rubio, I'm kind of on the slide. Well, what the hell are you doing? I go, I'm eating shrimp. Am I not allowed to eat it? She's like, um, you got to peel the shrimp first, man. And I go, oh, my. And I had no idea that you had to peel the shrimp. I just thought they were crunchy. Like, I thought that's what happened. Like, you, oh, this is crunchy. It is, it is what it is. So that's my shrimp story. Uh, <laughs> that's going to end this segment. You guys can leave on that one. You can figure out how the next couple days progress for me on that as well. Big T, let it rain. Here's to the straggly ones. The first ones. The, hey, I look good with this ones. The black brown, red, and gray ones. The itchy ones. The ones grown by dad. The ones grown for dad. The I nearly didn't do it this year ones. And the absolutely filthy ones. They all raise awareness, raise funds, start conversations, and save lives. Because whatever you grow will save a bro. Learn more at Movember.com. What do you think you're doing, Kevin? I uh, was just gonna drive home. Ah, uh, ah, uh, uh, there are several warning signs present that you shouldn't be driving. Like hearing voices? Like your text to emoji ratio? Oh man, the selfies. <laughs> selfies, nailed it. We all have warning signs that let us know that we're probably not okay to drive. Mine is pretending to be your subconscious. Craig, come on man, let's put a ride home. Focus, focus up. All right, welcome back. We are here with our fantastic guest. His name is Ron Gaines. Ron, thank you for coming out. We really appreciate you be opening up your day for us. Oh, thanks for having me. So quick bio for Ron Gaines. From Chicago, Illinois, born and raised, and has been in law enforcement for over 20 years, and just recently, 2019, promoted to sergeant. He has performed, performed improv and stand-up comedy in Chicago, married for over 20 years and has three kids, been involved with crypto since 2014, oh my God, written books, animated cartoons, created card games, invented patented devices for first responders, and basically does a lot of stuff. He is a renaissance man. Chicago Ron, thank you so much for coming out. Once again, like I said, the first part for our interview is going to be some quick hit questions. I'm going to just give you three questions, one at a time. I don't want you thinking. I just want you responding. Right. You ready? Gotcha. All right. Number one, what is the funniest movie you have ever seen, and approximately how many times have you seen it? Easy. Harlem Nights, about a thousand times. <laughs> Harlem, I don't even think I've ever seen it. How could you not have seen Harlem Nights? It has, you know, Red Fox. Eddie Murphy, Richard Pryor, it has all the greats in it. It's, it's, you got to see it. And you've literally seen it over a thousand times. Easy, easy over a thousand times. Do you know how to use effect in effect correctly in a sense, and you can't use it by simply saying special effects? I would think I would, I think I would know how to effectively use it in a correct sentence. Okay, uh, I'm going to give it to you. Here's a fun little fact about Rubio. I do not know how to use effect or effect. I never know which one to use. So anytime you hear uh, me speak or write, I will always use, always use the word impact. 
because I don't even want to go down that wormhole. People have tried to explain to me. I was an English teacher back in the day, and it's still it's something that I literally just cannot grasp. And so I just use impact. So if you ever see me use an impact, just know in your mind that I wanted to use effect, but I wasn't sure which one to use, so I chose not to. Makes and the sense. last question, it's going to be a good one for you. Who is the greatest athlete in the history of Chicago sports, but you cannot say Michael Jordan? I'm going to go with uh, Walter Payton. Oh, I didn't even think about Walter Payton. I thought for sure you were going to go uh, – who was I going to think of? Uh, Frank Thomas. Eh, he's all right, but he's – I'm going with Walter Payton all day long. <laughs> Walter Payton's what was his nickname? Sweetness? Sweetness, yes, sir. Yeah, he was awesome, awesome. All right. Anyone that knows Ron Gaines knows two things. Number one, on Facebook, he gives his wife a, a massive amount of crap. And I'm assuming you get as many eye rolls with your statements that I do at home from my wife that you do for your wife. And number two, you are obsessed with Halloween. What in the hell is with your obsession with Halloween? Well, you know, Halloween is one day out the year where you can pretty much be anything or anyone you want to be. And and hopefully uh, you don't go too far and get canceled in today's day and age. But, you know, you can still do whatever you want and and there shouldn't be any kind of uh, repercussions against it. It's just a fun day. So you're open to any and all costumes? Yeah, for the most part. For the most part, I have not seen anything where I've just to me, I'm a scary guy. I mean, the superheroes and stuff, that's all fun, but I, I prefer to evoke fear because that's, to me, that's the truest emotion. Even though love is the strongest, fear is the, fear is the truest because, like, love will play with you. You don't know, maybe I love her, maybe she loves me, and it plays with your mind, but you know right away if you're scared of something. Yeah, and, it's, and now, you love is not fake it. Like, you, you're just, you're scared, it, you're, you're scared. It's, it's, it is what it is. That is true. Yes, you have a physiological response. Now, how much to fear. time do you go about setting decorations and stuff at your house for Halloween? You know, I, I do a lot of planning, but it literally takes me. Last year, I had it set up in a day. I had pretty much everything set up in one day. I try to do it the day the day of Halloween in the morning, and, uh, and then I take it down at night because I go on a nice trip November first every year. <laughs> okay. Let's go towards your comedy roots a little bit. I read somewhere that millennials and Zoomers have stunted development when it comes to humor. Not sure what the issue is with that, and we can jump into it if you want. But my main question is, does man need humor, and is it going away with everyone being so sensitive nowadays? Well, first of all, I think man definitely needs humor, because if you don't laugh, you're going to end up crying. And secondly, I think humor is not going to go anywhere. It can evolve. Um, unfortunately, right now, it's it's in a downslope. A lot of comedians don't want to do any kind of uh, clubs or colleges, especially like liberal colleges, because everyone is kind of offended. And it's just a very, very sensitive moment for a lot of people. And, and now, what what is your take on that? I think that I'm a person that says uh, there's no such thing as you can't make fun of blank. I, I just, okay. I'm just from my old school way of thinking, you know. I, I think you and I are simpatico on that. I'm more of a you can make fun of me. I'm gonna make fun of you. Everything is kind of fair game, and it's all done in a joking manner. And if you can't take it, well, I'm sorry. Then maybe just you and I can't associate 
we can't hang out. And I think that's why you and I get along so well on and off the field. Oh, definitely. You know, it's, it's just, it's, you know, things have changed, but hopefully over time this should come back. Everything cycles around, you know, just like yeah, everything that music and clothes and back in style. Um, <laughs> what is the best mental advice you've ever had or ever been given? Whether comedy routine, you're on the police force, you're inventing mm-hmm. something. You, you've got to be frustrated at times, whether it's going, you know, good or bad. What's the best mental advice yeah. you've ever received? I don't know if it's the best advice. It's a motto that I come up with, especially when doing comedy is, uh, you never know you went too far until you go too far. You, and that's just kind of how it is because you never know what to offend somebody until you actually touch on that subject or that topic. But up, up until then, everything's pretty much open game until you, you trigger some kind of response that could be positive or negative, but you never know. You, you never know unless you, unless you go there. So you never know. Now, you now, when you're far. dealing with comedy or when you're going with comedy or the police, do you know when you're reaching that limit and you push it? You know, I'm, it depends on the situation because sometimes uh, interjecting comedy in stressful situations, it can help. It can help. It can cause a laugh. And at the same time, it can, it can go uh, completely uh, reverse. Because, for instance, I was in the news affairs. I was a spokesperson for the police department for, for about nine years. And I would, I learned, first of all, nothing's ever off the record. Secondly, uh, you don't want to talk prematurely. Like I was always good for taking the information I got and translating it and putting into taking it from police, translating it and giving it to the media. Well, I I had to, because of medical technologies, uh, I had to undead a lot of people because I might get the preliminary, like somebody's dead, then they take him to the hospital. No, he's not dead. But when I'm talking to the media and they'll ask me, and for instance, they said it was around Christmas time. They said, hey, Gaines, off the record, you know, did so-and-so, did he pass away? And I said, I can't say all I'm, I said, all I'm going to say is uh, don't expect anything from Christmas. Don't expect any presents for Christmas time for him or something like that. You know? <laughs> I had to call back and say, uh, well, they were like, is he, did he die? And I was like, well, unless his name is Lazarus, then blah, 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 blah. And then I had to call him back like, hey, yeah, uh, he's still alive or, you know. So comedy has its place, but you got to be careful, especially when you're dealing with certain topics. <laughs> no, absolutely. And I, my, my friends and family always, they, I don't want to say nag me, but they kind of yell at me a lot because they know that I'll, like you said, toe the line, go to the end. You don't ever know how far yeah. you're going. Because they always say, Rubio, yeah. why do you continuously poke the bear? Why do you yes. poke the bear with certain people? And it's like, I just... Because I see the opening, and I'm like, I got to take it. I have to take it. It's like, I want to see how far I can go. Yeah. And sometimes people just lay it out there. They make it too easy. They make the joke too, like, this joke. I mean, it wasn't even a joke, but the guy says it was was a woman. She was arrested because she left her seven kids in an apartment by themselves. And she was like, I'm going to say 23. So one of the reporters asked, uh, well, where, where's her husband or, or were they all by the, were they all by the same father? And I just said, well, I don't know her personal life, but if I was a betting man, I would have to bet that no, <laughs> they were by different people. So, you know, that's just how the reality is in uh, today's day and age. Speaking of that, the last couple years have been very, very, let's say tricky for police officers. 
Obviously, you you know it. You're still involved in it. You're very, very high up in the Chicago. uh, You're a sergeant. Explain to me, someone who's watching right now, why should they become a police officer? Because right now you're hearing so much negative and not a lot of positive. Why should someone be a police officer? And everyone knows knows me. I'm full support of police. I always, I know a lot of Lewis and police. I always tell them, you do whatever you want with my kids. You got my full backing. So explain to me, how, how do you sell being a police officer nowadays? Uh, I'd be kidding if I said that it was easy, but it's, it's like you said, it's actually gotten harder. Um, policing in itself has, it's evolving. And like Chicago, we went from being one of the oldest law enforcement agencies in the country to one of the youngest in the course of five years. Now with that, a lot of old timers are leaving and with that is the institutional knowledge that they're taking with them. Trying to get these younger guys trained effectively and efficiently, there's generational gaps and, and problems that we're having because of technology and we're dealing with the Twitter generation for the most part. Everything is social media based. So uh, unlike back in my day, sounds so old, back in my day when we actually had to talk to people, these people communicate, these guys communicate all through electronics. Um, so there are little gaps. Now, as far as being, I'm, I'm still in love with the law enforcement uh, purpose. You know, like, my, like I remember Ron asked me years ago, like, what do you, what do you do? And I said, well, there's people out here who can't defend themselves. So mm. you got to have people who are willing to step up and help people who can't speak for themselves or defend themselves. And so Ron was like, oh, like a superhero. And I said, yeah, pretty much like a superhero. So I still like that, that superhero, uh, the superhero mentality that the job and, and the, the, the esteem that the job still, I still love the profession. You know, I know officers have messed up along the way, but as a whole, I still, I still love the profession. And being an old soul, how, how do you go about communicating with the younger generation, like they say the 20s, the 30s, you know, where you, yeah. like you just said, they're more of a social media generation, and they're obviously not used to being able to speak to one another like you and I are speaking to each other right now, even though I'm in northern Idaho and you're in the Chicago yeah. suburbs. How, how do you do yeah. that? Well, I just talked to the – 99% of policing is communication. So I just try to make sure that the officers that are under my, under my uh, belt, we talk. We talk, I'll pull over, and I tell people all the time, when I pull over, I'm not pulling over just to check on you and so on and so forth. I want to talk and get to know each one of my officers because the hardest transition is moving from patrol to a supervisory role because before it was just you and your partner, and that's who you pretty much, hey, I'm going to go home, you're going to go home. But now once you're in charge of a team or a unit, Mm -hmm. you have to individually care and, 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 and care about everybody around you. So you really want to get to know these people uh, on and off the job for the most part to build that uh, rapport, build that bond. You're, you're born and raised in Chicago. You've raised your family in Chicago. You're still working in Chicago. You're basically Chicago, Chicago, Chicago. Chicago yes. used to be one of my favorite cities in the past couple of years. It's kind of, in my eyes, kind of gone downhill. Mm-hmm. You, you, right. I'm giving you a magic wand. How do you fix it? You know, uh, the powers that be have to realize that a lot of issues that are dealing with Chicago, you can't police yourself out of this. You can have a million police officers on every block, on every corner, and we're really dealing with a social issue. And once the the powers that be can realize that this is an actual social issue, I think we can actually start making some real change because a lot of these problems 
do start from the home. I always say that uh, policing begins when education ends. And unfortunately, there's not a lot of resources out here that's available for, for these younger generations to come up. Anytime you have 13, 12, 11-year-olds carjacking people, that, that's, that shows a, a breakdown in the system. Resources to actually educate these kids uh, and, and, and help get us out of this slump that we're in. So how do you do that? Oh, you, have, you have the magic wand. You can do whatever you want. I have the magic wand. Okay, magic wand. Honestly, magic wand, first thing I would do is I would try to find uh, jobs. I would, I would try to find jobs for, for these homes. I mean, the, the income gap is getting wider. From low income, middle, middle income, I mean, low earners, middle Anytime you have half and half nots, it's going to be an issue. So we need to f- provide resources for those who, who have not. And I don't mean as far as more government resources. I think as far as we got to get people back on their feet, up and running, it's like those old school jobs, the way my parents and my grandparents had, the factory jobs where people can actually earn a living and provide for the families based on the work that they put in and, and, and make, make the people realize like a hard day's work equals a hard day's pay. You have to get that work ethic mm-hmm. back. To, to start and it starts at home with the families and that's a generational thing like my grandparents they were big union people and it kind of passed down to my father passed down to me and hopefully passed down to my children you work hard for a check but you have to you know you don't you don't work like my grandfathers always say a hard days eight hours of pay for eight hours of work so once we have to we have to we, we have to start with the younger generations because the older generations you know they're, they're pretty much scared right now they're trying to get out of here so it has to start at the root in order to help change, make change. Because in order to change a culture, you have to change a mindset. And right now, we have to uh, most effectively change the, the, the new generations coming up. Start with the schools, get, get some adequate amount of training in the schools, uh, provide more funding for the schools so they have the supplies they need, and, 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 and make these children feel like there's actually, there's actually worth, you know, there's actually things out here besides the streets. So, yeah, if I, if I had... I would put money into education. Training in the schools for what? Training in the schools, first of all, for real life, real life stuff like home ec and everything else, how to take care of yourself. A lot of, of one thing I never understood is uh, personal finance is never even taught in schools. The kids don't understand credit scores. They don't understand what the value of a dollar actually is. So I, I would hope that uh, more money brought in here, more subject matter experts. I mean, one of the biggest problems that we, we talk about how much funding there are to other other cities and everything else. We're, I've always heard that there was supposed to be money put away from the lottery that's supposed to help with the kids in the public school system. But unfortunately, you know, Chicago isn't really known for having the most, uh, the most, how shall I say, people who, people who put money past themselves. You know, as far as like, I don't want to call greedy politicians putting their hands in the, in the, in the cookie jar, but, you know, that's one of the biggest problems. We don't have a one of the reasons why we don't have a casino in Chicago because they're afraid that too many politicians will look at it as a a blank check as opposed to funding the money where it's supposed to go. So, I talked to this uh, FBI agent, one of my friends, and he actually told me back in the day, uh, political corruption was one of their biggest uh, their biggest areas of targets. And I said, well, what about all the gangs and crimes and violence? And he said, no, trust me. When you look at it, you have to follow the money to realize where the, all the problems are stemming from in the city of Chicago. So if we actually had 
more character-based um, politicians and people in charge to actually care more about the children and the community and, and, and pour resources back to where they're actually needed in education and the funding goes directly where it's supposed to go. I, I fear that we're still on a slippery slope because um, it's just making that gap wider and wider, which, you know, you're going to always need police for that. And that's unfortunate. I, I do wish that we, we had a society where you didn't need police, but unfortunately that's, that's where we're at. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. I've always said that before you graduate high school, whether you're, you're probably taking your senior year, it should be a class crap you need to know for life. And it, you know, it's yes. just everything like back in the day, it would have been more of a checkbooks. Now it could be crypto. Mm -hmm. It could be just how to change a tire, how to not to be an idiot, how to act on social right. media nowadays, how to have a, a decent right. conversation with someone your age, younger, older, how to, you know, talk on the phone. I mean, we talk about it all the time with recruiting for football and things, but obviously, like you said, your number one job with being a police officer is communication. There, there's no doubt on that. Speaking of communication, You've done everything else, well, not everything, but a whole lot of crap. You ever thought about going into right. politics? It sounds like, I mean, you're, you're kind of leaning that way. I mean, you got great ideas. Oh, you know, it's wild. My, my father was in uh, politics. He ran for state rep a couple times. You know, it's, it's an ugly game. Politics is, you know, politics is a lot. It's a lot of work. It takes a lot of money. And unfortunately, uh, much like any other place, it's almost a who you know kind of thing. If, if you could find the right tag person to, to kind of endorse you then yeah you're, you're golden but it's a uh, it the grassroots thing it's 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 kind of hard nowadays and unfortunately i i really don't know about me in politics because i have such a wide range of thoughts so uh, of course i think i'll appeal to some and not others and yeah you know, I, I i just really haven't really thought about it you know now that my kids are growing up i i don't know i'm just keeping options open I have a feeling you're like like what my wife tells me. She goes, Rubio, you're an acquired taste. People either love you <laughs> or they hate you. Yes. It's not, there's no, not, 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 not a lot of middle ground on that. No. I said, okay. Exactly. Ron, where can people find you? What, what's your next big project? You know, I, I'm still, because I, I studied for the lieutenant's exam. I told my wife I wasn't going to uh, do anything else until I finished studying for the lieutenant's exam. So I'm waiting for those results. Uh, the funny thing is, I did just see that the Chicago, there's a funny story. Chicago police has, uh, they have a football team, the Enforcers. It's a semi-pro full contact team. Well, they're playing Nashville. Now, back in the second, the first or second season, they had a game in Las Vegas. And I told, I remember, like it was yesterday, it was Sunday evening, or yeah, Sunday after church, I was going to the game when all of a sudden, uh, my son, Ronald III, was at the top of the stairs, and he said, Dad, I thought you were going to teach me how to play football today. And and as soon as he said that, I just knew this, that was my last time putting on equipment. And I'm like, all right, dude, I'm going to just go ahead and focus on you now. So now that everyone's doing their thing, I told my friend, uh, he plays for Nashville, or he's in Nashville, but they have a team. I said, if you join Nashville's team, I'll join Chicago's team this year or, so we can play against each other you know, next year. And he's like, what position? And I was like, I got to do long snapping, man. I got to do long snapping. <laughs> so, yeah, so I don't know. I don't know what's next for me. Ron, thanks again for coming on. I really appreciate you opening up your day for us. Give the family a big hug for me. Uh, once again, you were fantastic. Big T, let it rain.
Here you go. Thank you. Thank you. This is what too much sounds like. This is what stress feels like. And this is what help feels like. If you've lost a job, worry about your next meal, or have trouble making it through the day, we can help. Text STRESS to 211211 to find a solution. Focus. Focus up. Almost made it on that time, Monahan. I thought I was really going to. Guys, you're doing a great job of watching and sharing all the episodes. Make sure you continue on YouTube, Spotify, Amazon, Google, NGBN.TV, therubiomethod.com. And if you have questions, feel free to email us, Rubio at therubiomethod.com. You keep sending those food uh, questions in for some reason, but I love them. They lead to some great, great stories. Monahan, let's talk about Ron Gaines. I thought he did a great, great job. The thing with him, he is very, very passionate. There was a couple times where I had to kind of get, get, get him going, get him going. But once you undo that first layer, he's ready to roll. I mean, the whole thing about Chicago and being able to bring it back home. What do you What do you think about that? Do you think we're able, we're going to be able to save Chicago at some point? Man, I hope so. That's the city I grew up in, man. Uh, I have the old saying, Chicago ends till Chicago ends. And so uh, it was amazing listening to him talk. I, I felt like I was back at home just even hearing him. So, um, yeah, I, I hope we can. Uh, there's a long way to go, but I hope so. And he had some great, great quotes, and we're going to actually talk about those right now in our final segment called The Bottom Line. Remember, the bottom line is what we are all about. I'm definitely all about it, black and white. It's a very bottom line segment. Let's go. I want to know the, the, what's happening right away. Let's go. I get in trouble for it a lot with people because I say, come on, land the plane. Let's go. I don't have time for this. I actually do have some time. But it's one of those, I just want to, <laughs> let's, I, 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 I'm, the problem is, is that I tend to listen to answer instead of listen to hear. And I get in trouble for it. I think, Monahan, you've actually yelled at me about that a couple times. All right, number one, <laughs> relax, take some time off, and recharge the batteries. We talked about this a lot with the social media. It's okay to relax, take some time off, recharge the batteries. You are the number one person in your life. You have to realize that. Monahan, what do you think? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's fun to engage in like social media or just kind of get your heart rate up a little riled up. But but it, absolutely take time, literally give yourself permission to take time off or take times away from things that cause you stress, like work or what have you and recharge those batteries. Because if you don't, literally no one else will do it for you. Great point. Number two, it is OK to laugh a little. Whether it at yourself, one of the great things Ron was talking about, how he loves Halloween because of the fear factor. Not the show, but just how you can't control fear. And you can control things like love and happiness, but the fear is one where, boo, you get scared. You're just scared, Daddy. That's what's going to happen. No matter how hard you try not to be, if something jumps out at you, most likely you're going to get scared, unless we have some other issues we can talk about later. But what do you think, Monahan? Is it okay to laugh a little? 
Yes, dude. I, oh my gosh, I'm two oversized shoes and a red nose away from being a clown at all moments. So I think it's so <laughs> important to laugh at yourself. And, and, you know, if you make a mistake or whatever, the thing that I love Ruby about you is if I'm being like silly or whatever, you'll, you'll put me right in my place. And I have to just laugh at myself and be like, Rubio, you're right. So it is important. Don't take yourself too seriously. <laughs> Perfect. And the third one, number three, take a stand for something or you will fall for anything. This was, goes right back to Ron's great quote where he says, I even wrote it down, you never know you went too far until you go too far. And sometimes you got to go out on a limb and you got to stand up for something and you got to push that limit. You got to make sure that you go all the, all the way so you know that you've gone too far. Monahan, what are your thoughts? Yeah, absolutely. Dude, for me, it's like my faith background. That's a huge deal for me. That's my moral compass, um, even though sometimes I feel like I mess up all the time. Um, and as well, just you've got to have something that you believe in, that you stand in, a moral compass or a set of values, a core values, because if you don't, man, you're just, life is going to push you around and then your mentals will be all disarray because you're just kind of existing. So, and I would say, too, if you don't have a set of core values or something like that, take some time on a weekend and just write down words that you like, and that could be yours. Absolutely, absolutely. Monahan, phenomenal job. Ron Gaines out in Chicago, thanks again for your time. You guys have done a great job of viewing everything, all four episodes. This will be number five. Make sure you continue to watch on Amazon, Google, Spotify, YouTube, and GBN.tv the rubiomethod.com and like i said if you have questions email us directly at rubio at the rubiomethod.com that's a wrap big t let it rain Woo.